0: And One of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud.
1: All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Google Play Podcast, pretty much anywhere you guys can get a podcast. Please go ahead and rate us five stars. It just makes us feel special and also it makes us easier to find. But i'm joined today with my co-host jack shields and steven brown um guys how's how's life uh it is almost august so the heat is about to start getting down so how's how's life steven you had your power knocked out yesterday
2: yeah mother nature really didn't uh cooperate with a podcast yesterday um it was a, little, a
0: quick and fierce storm yesterday too. That was not lasted like an hour
2: time. here. But that's only because oh, the storms uh, kept developing like right over the house. It was, so like, it was like three of them.
0: It was like fifty mile an hour winds for like ten <laughs> minutes, and then it was sunny, and then it was like sixty mile an hour winds for another five minutes, and then it was sunny. It was a very odd, very Oklahoma thing, though.
1: Some BS, man. Yeah, it's just like yeah. no fun. So, Stephen, how how long was your power knocked out for? <clears throat> It was about, I'd give it like an hour. It wasn't
2: too long. Oh, okay. So,
1: Maybe a little bit more than that What did hour. you do? Just like sit on Twitter for an hour?
2: Uh, I did a lot of Twittering. I was on Discord. <laughs> I did go for a run after oh. the uh, the storms had passed, and uh, I got just annihilated by mosquitoes. I have like 30 mosquito bites.
1: Mm. Fantastic. West Gross. Nile virus. Probably. Um, Jack, how's life? To you? What's up with you with the new dog? Uh,
0: we brought yeah, we brought the dog home. He's uh, he's nine weeks old. His name is Archie. That's short for Archibald. I yell Archibald at him when he's being bad. Um, he bites, which is normal for a puppy, but you know he's adorable, so you can't really yell at him. So <laughs> you can't. Uh, it's I don't know. He's he's like five pounds right now, so like. You it I feel bad like you know pointing at him and disciplining him because I mean I'm like I should be the bigger man here. I weigh two hundred pounds, he weighs five pounds. I feel bad talking down to someone like that, but it is what it is. It's a weird dynamic, but we're we're working on it. It's okay.
1: He seems like a good boy and and this funny thing he, he,
0: uh, he's good slash bad.
1: Yeah, aren't we all though, right? i suppose uh, jack has been mistakenly texting me instead of his girlfriend for the I'm, past like i'm three I'm, days. I'm
0: very concerned <laughs> with this friend like. I, I i don't like <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah it's been happening a few times because usually the majority of my texts like are from between us so if like i open my iphone and I'm about to send a text like if Kamiar happens to be the last person to text me talking about like Kendall Daniels or whoever or what have you I will accidentally send something to Kamiar. Yeah. and so luckily nothing has been incriminating or embarrassing it's just saying hey I'm bringing home pork lo mein
1: <laughs> yeah. and that's okay <laughs> I, I
0: you know I'm I'm so that's something that I'm sort of like fine with sharing with other people. I mean other people are impressed by that. It's delicious. He's like but, uh,
1: you're going to like what I picked out for tonight's meal and I was like yeah what is it? In <laughs> another time it was it was he's crate training like a champ or something like that and I was like well that's a, he's a good he dog. Does, he, is
0: crate like a champ. He, he he doesn't even cry when he's in his crate. He's a good boy.
1: Jack was like, oh, this is this is troubling. It's <laughs> like, a, it's after a
0: concerning the first
1: time. After wow. the first did you time. realize you were texting Kamiar though?
0: Usually like uh after Kamiar responds to the
2: text.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh God.
1: Yeah, the last, god the last time I was like, dot dot dot. Uh he says, damn it. <laughs> oh god. Let's talk about some football. Football's good. I think we might be actually having it in the next few weeks, so who knows. But the Sooners, they indeed – because we've got a lot to run off of with Prophet Brown committing to USC, and that doesn't seem like it was OU severing ties because it couldn't get him. Uh, But because of Oklahoma picking up Caleb Johnson, you have Oklahoma and Kendall Daniels supposedly, it looks like, honestly, parting ways. Uh, the Sooners also picking up 2022 with uh, Jordan Hudson, a top 100 100 player wide receiver offers from Bama LSU, A M and m and Justin Harrington actually making his way into OU. So a lot of good news, some bad news regarding, uh, of course, Kendall Daniels an in-state. Okay. Preps pro- uh, prospect, but Stephen, tell me what you know about Caleb Johnson from Greenville. Of course, you see a lot of his film is wide receiver and him just like running past dudes. Right. Uh but he, Oklahoma is definitely taking him as a cornerback. Um he's got long arms. I think he's like 5 foot 10 at the at the least. What else should we be expecting from him? I mean he's,
2: he's a very athletic um player. I mean some of those guys that uh, I think the staff is like this is a guy that has everything we need. He doesn't play a lot of DB right now, but it looks like he could do it. Um, he's got the size, and he's a six-one right now. Um, so, I mean, he's got that that Alex Grinch kind of rangy, tall, um, can cover a lot of space with his body. Um, and with that, he's also pretty physical, and he's not like a wide receiver that kind of looks to avoid trafficking, break tackles. Um, so I think he's got a ways to go, but he can do it, and I think it's a good eval by the staff.
1: And Prophet Brown recently committing to USC. Would you? Expect... Oh, are you missing
0: out on an all-name team kid, by the way. Yeah,
1: such a good <laughs> Very name. Such a good name. Someone named
0: Prophet Brown, zero chance of a bust, right there.
1: Probably, yeah. That man like
0: going to dominate. He's
1: what is it? To, Saint? Really. What is it? Amon? Is it Amon Ross? Saint? Whatever? Yeah, USC as well. USC
0: yeah. has had. You know, there's. Equinemius, and did one of those brothers go to Ohio State? I think and I don't even know.
1: I don't know. I They're they all did. pretty good. I mean, yes, I'm on Ross St. Brown. That's what it was. Who's like, their it. dad? That like changed his name. Prince.
2: I don't know. I think he played <laughs> in the NFL. I, I, that, they, I
0: do not doubt that, but I uh, think they
1: have an NFL pedigree right there. Don't know, but Prophet Brown does commit to USC and. It's after Caleb Johnson commits Oklahoma and with Damon Harmon, who's likely to commit to Oklahoma on August 1st at the same commitment announcing time as Kendall Daniels, who's supposed to be on August 1st. So it looks like Oklahoma is just, they're not ditching prophet Brown, uh, but it sounds like Oklahoma, their class is filling up. Does that sound pretty accurate, Stephen?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's just no room. Uh, the numbers were already tight for this class to begin with. So once you get guys that want to commit, um, especially guys that you like, like Caleb Johnson, um, it's just, you have some tough decisions. And unfortunately, Prophet Brown just doesn't fit into the plan.
1: And let it be known, people need to be sure this, that people say, oh, well, Prophet Brown is a four-star guy. And Caleb Johnson's a three-star guy that we just found out about. Well, the staff has is just been evaluating people like crazy. First of all, secondly, both are projects. Profit Browns, Profit Browns are running back, and Oklahoma sold him on playing defensive back. And same for Caleb Johnson; he played, actually plays a lot of both ways on wide receiver, defensive back. Uh, so either way, it was going to be a pro, uh, a project. So Oklahoma doing that, and Kendall Daniels, though he's he's the name that we're all going to be talking about <laughs> consistently because. Again, like we, like we talked about like three weeks ago, we did this three weeks ago, that if Oklahoma were to lose Kendall Daniels, which would be the top safety prospect in state, it's a, a concerning trend that dates all the way until basically Will Sunderland. I mean, and of course, for reasons... Well,
0: it's, yeah, and it's, for, it's three huge names in four years too. I mean, it's uh, uh, Josh Proctor... Dax Hill and then Dax, Hill, Dax Hill. And then two years later, Kendall Daniels, Kendall Daniels of all three of them seemed like the biggest home run potential for OU as far as, uh, yeah. or the biggest slam dunk, I'd say. Like someone who you would think would just sort of fall into OU's lap. Someone who grew up an OU fan.
1: Yeah. And, and that and wasn't
0: was... really the case obviously, with Justice Hill or not Justice Hill, uh, Dax Hill. But, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's 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 an upsetting trend for sure, but at the same time, OU's finding people they like at similar positions, so it's not a you know, it's it's not a death sentence by any means, but it's definitely frustrating and it's definitely a blow to the ego.
1: I mean, I just I just look at it and it's just you lose out on Miles Slusher last year as a four-star kid, just a safety, to Arkansas, and a lot of people might scoff at that and say, "Well, he's not really that great." I mean, but whatever, okay. You lose out on Cameron Curl, who's now in the NFL, Dax Hill, Josh Proctor. um, And now you've got Kendall Daniels heading likely to Texas A&M. So, I mean, honestly, Oklahoma, recruiting-wise, regarding safeties, defensive backs, I mean, or even for Kendall Daniels' sake, linebackers, it looks like Oklahoma's moving to a guy that's committed to Boston College, if I'm correct. Stephen, like, where does – this whole leave OU and why why the disconnect between OU and Kendall Daniels?
2: I'm not sure if there's as much of disconnect this time around. Um, I was talking to some people up in like Broken Arrow um, not too long ago, and they were very – they talked very highly about the new staff and how much um, they pay attention to okay preps and building these relationships with coaches, especially in the Northeast area. Um, This time around, I think it's simply that he just – doesn't want to be a linebacker I think Kendall Daniel sees himself as a safety defensive back um, some of those schools are recruiting as so I think Clemson kind of is doing that hybrid linebacker uh, box safety but uh, Texas A&M I think they've just said you know if you want to be a defensive back we'll take you uh, now whether they mean that I don't know but uh, I know O'Cullin was pretty up and honest about you know him being a linebacker if not an inside linebacker and that's just not what he wants to be.
1: <sighs> Love it. I I, I, just, I just don't get how Oklahoma can't get these guys to campus and just figure it out later. Is that just, that, yeah, is that just that, not a thing anymore?
2: I think they're just too honest sometimes. And, you know, that's a good thing. Right. Um, there's plenty of times where players get to campus and they're like, you know what, we're going to switch positions on you. I think um, one it of those seems guys. Like- the Mike Mark Stoops Andrews strategy. I mean, yeah. Mark,
0: the Mike Stoops was doing that. He was saying, hey, you're a talented kid. We'll figure out the position later. And they ended up moving positions two or three times during their tenure at OU. And I guess Grinch isn't really into doing that. Right. So it, it sort of makes sense.
2: And sometimes it works out. Like, I mean, look at Mark Andrews recruited as a wide receiver. Yep. Um, they put him inside as a tight end. And he seems to be doing okay. So
1: um it works for some kids, not all of them. So would you be under the thinking that it's safe to say Oklahoma isn't necessarily recruiting, as, as at least for defense anyways, they're not necessarily recruiting the highest rated people um, with the understanding that they can f- turn them into whatever they want as much as they are recruiting specific body types for specific positions to make them successful.
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're doing. And they're looking for guys that fit their system and can do some things that they want to do. And some guys just don't fit that mold, and that's why they don't recruit them. And, um, you know, stars aside, I don't think coaches will sometimes look at um, the star rankings. But, it, like, like, look at Bill Biedenboe. I don't think he really cares about rankings at all. He just finds guys that fit and mm-hmm. makes it work.
1: That's fair. And Oklahoma, during the middle of the week, just picked up a random 2020. It was, it was just, like, <laughs> out of nowhere to me. It just came out of nowhere. Like it's it's because Jordan And he Hudson, came with eyeballs on top of yeah, that, gosh. which we thought were dead forever. I guess I guess the O is whatever. just a 2021 thing. And for 2022, it's back to the eyeballs. But, yeah, the eyeballs were tweeted out, and people are saying, well, that's weird. And all of a sudden, Jordan Hudson says, you know, hey, an announcement coming soon. And next thing you know, he's committed to OU. And, honestly, I don't know a ton about Jordan Hudson other than he's a mega-talented wide receiver. Uh, and that he has a lot of people after him. And so what do you guys think about him? Um, I I know he's like six foot one, 180. Um, he's probably be able, he can play in several positions, but where do you think he might fit in a Lincoln Riley system?
2: Um, You can kind of slot him wherever. He's pretty versatile. Um, he's a catch and run kind of guy, kind of like CeeDee Lamb. Um, he has the speed. It's not a burner that you would say uh, maybe like a, like a hollywood brown but he's like a four or five runner that can can make things happen after the catch um kind of a a bigger dude big physical guy so um i think you could slot him outside or inside
0: really impressive offer list too yeah you know lsu bama a&m usc uh i want to say both of the florida schools if i'm not mistaken um i have to pull up his list here but i mean it's uh it's impressive. I mean, for a 2022 guy to have that yeah, many—he's
1: played massive he
0: was, offers. Now, granted, how many of those are committable at this point? Not sure, true. but to have received those offers at some point means the the staff at some point thought that you were worthy of playing on that roster. So, I mean, it, it's some—it's something that you can tout at least. I mean, as far as his uh, potential is concerned,
2: I I think after seeing you offered after seeing him in person, like in January workouts mm-hmm. before everything kind of went downhill. <laughs> makes sense
1: i mean the last tape you have to go off of is his sophomore film he's like 16 years yeah. old and you're just banking on so his it's, growth
2: it's not a guy that they're unfamiliar with they they went and checked him out there right before uh, all the quarantine happened
1: but uh yeah so oklahoma picks up jordan hudson which is another get for the oklahoma 2022 class and speaking of 2022 Kobe McKenzie, COVID, uh, destroyed his reclassification of 2021, right? Yeah, that's pretty much done. So Oklahoma will be getting a great linebacker for 2022. Uh, But Justin Harrington, which is probably the most immediate, duh, impact of all of these guys, he makes it into Oklahoma in the middle of July. But it's better late than never, especially as a Juco kid. Uh, There's a lot of clearinghouse stuff that had to be in, but – because he got to, because he got to practice or not even certainly really practice, but because he got to the university so late, um, uh, I, I don't think anyways that he can be that effective right away, but what do you guys think? Jack, go ahead. What do you think about Harrington?
0: Well, physically he is ready to go right away. You yeah, would I think. agree with that. But, um, obviously it's quite a jump going from junior college to, uh, the uh, college ranks. I mean, he was someone who was supposed to uh I believe he was supposed to come in in the spring, wasn't he? He's supposed to be in right. January. Yeah. So, yeah, he was supposed to be a January guy that got pushed back. If he had come in in January, I he would probably be someone who was starting for OU this coming season, whether it's at the nickel or at safety. They would find somewhere for him to play. He's that talented. He's like 6'3" 215 and can move very well. He was the number one juco safety in the country this past year someone who was an immediate impact guy but he's not going to have much time to work with Alex Grinch someone who's very particular about what he wants from his safeties so you know someone who may only have you know two months I guess to work with this defense but Mm -hmm. if things get pushed back to spring which if you've read Alan Kenny's article lately there's decent there's a lot of reason to think that, that might happen as far as uh, the feasibility of what the NCAA wants with testing and stuff like that is concerned. If things get moved back to the spring, then Justin Harrington can make an immediate impact on this team. Mm. But if things start up when they're scheduled to start, I kind of doubt it. Maybe late in the season, but who knows?
1: Steven, what do you think? Um, I mean,
2: he's a guy that can play safety or corner. I think. Um, oh, you talked about playing him at corner, especially with their need with Parnell Motley gone. So, I think he's a guy that could absolutely um come in and you know maybe not start, but get in some some rotations, uh, pretty much right away. Just given that he's a JUCO guy, um, he's not a guy that they need really need to physically develop. He just needs to get the the X's and O's down for you system. So. Um, we'll see if he can do that. I think he's a guy that could probably get in week one, uh,
1: but maybe not play significant snaps. I feel like Harrington it could be one of those guys that comes in late, kind of like a Jalen Saunders that qualified late and yeah. didn't do anything until the Texas game. I, I feel like he could be one of those guys that comes up big uh, because no, near the middle of the season, uh, four however many games in, four or five games in, Um, could do some damage in, could provide a really nice wrinkle for Oklahoma's DBs, whether it be at corner or at safety, because, I mean, Oklahoma, they're working with a lot of depth, especially if you have Justin Harrington, you have Jeremiah Cordell, you've got Woody Washington. Woody Washington. uh, And Buki, all guys, and Trey Norwood, Jaden Davis, Trey Brown. You have a lot of guys to figure out who are going to be your corners one and two and your nickel. And, of course, corner one is going to go to Trey Brown. So, now you're looking at, what, Jaden Davis at the second cornerback? Could be Trey Norwood because, I mean, like, Alex Grinch really, really, really liked Trey Norwood last year before he went down. Uh,
0: Also, this is not the Trey Norwood of old. This is a beefed-up Trey Norwood, not the (laughs) stick man
1: who came in in 2017.
0: He's legitimately uh, almost – Almost what you could consider a physically imposing corner at this point. He's up to like what is he like one ninety 190, one ninety five, which is like yeah, I think it was like know, a thirty pound a improvement from what he started at when he came to Oklahoma. So someone who won't be a liability in the open field at the very least, and someone who can hang hold his own uh, physically with a lot of receivers. So. so
1: there's just there's just so many guys that they have right at that front to play the first two corners, the nickel. So. I mean, to me, I keep on like racking my brain, and I keep on thinking, man, this would be really bad if Buki was the odd man out. But he looks like the odd man out. Like, am I alone in thinking that Buki's the odd man out here?
0: No, I don't. I don't think you're alone at all. I mean, he's someone who just doesn't really fit Alex Grinch what he wants from a defensive back at all. I mean, he's what is he five foot eight? He's like a he's guard. He's not long at all. He's not good in the open field tackling. He bounces off of everyone he tries to tackle, essentially. He's tiny. I mean, I mean he, he? And he, he knocks himself out.
2: <laughs> a year He does ago, lead, the, <laughs> lead the team in turnovers, though.
0: That's true. That's they true. They had like and three. He, <laughs> granted, a year, a year ago, <laughs> he was much better last year at being in the positions he was supposed to be in. He was in I position to that. make plays, usually. And so, to his credit, the mental side of the game, he was doing much better. Then, obviously, he had his brain fart against LSU and got kicked out of the game. <laughs> and that, that showed you really how good Woody
1: Washington is. <laughs> like, <they laughs> yeah, ex- well, yeah.
0: I mean, Woody Washington, he was, he was you know, put in a position he should not have been in.
1: And he played well. Justin Broyles was the one that got exposed.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. relatively well. I mean, yeah, Justin Broyles was the one who was exposed. But, I mean we all kind of knew that was going to happen coming into the game with D T Y being uh, <sighs> yeah. given the, or, uh, not being able to play, but yeah, you know, whatever.
1: But yeah, Oklahoma getting Justin Terring- Harrington in really big for this, because like for a while there, it just was like that. What the, what I was, the news I was kept on getting was if you were a betting man, uh, they don't touch it. That's what's what I was kept on getting for like two weeks. And then, Suddenly it was like, oh, he, all his paperwork's in, just waiting to know you now. So Oklahoma's signing two of the top ten Juco players in the country in Perry and Winfrey and Justin Harrington. So two guys that Grinch would be expecting to com- contribute right away. And
0: Ellison as well, who was also one of the top yeah, that's Juco right. players.
1: Right. So pretty
0: good Juco Hall
1: But so transitioning to a little bit more the season that, I mean – it's it's so uh, we get new information every day, every two days, and we're living off of like th- news cycles that are two to five days long. Like everything always changes. Like for example, today you got you know preseason or not preseason. You got NBA scrimmages, and uh, that was just it, they combine. It was really weird watching it. Uh, there's no fans. But they're they're showing you so many different camera angles. You don't care about the fans, and they kind of combined in the scrimmages. They combined what the EPL is doing uh, for soccer, as far as like distancing all the players and the coaches on the benches and all that stuff. Um, and so it's just we're operating in a weird, in, in unconventional time of whether or not we ha- we will have sports in the fall. Uh, But Joe Castiglione, man, he is dragging Missouri State to that start line. (laughs) Do you you think
0: OU's leadership wants to have that game played, guys? I had
1: no idea. (laughs) Do you think they want that pay-per-view money? Yeah. Because he he (laughs) has gotten their president to commit to using OU testing kits, to using OU protocol regarding their football team, the the use of OU's lab for COVID and they're just like, you know what? You're getting a massive paycheck to get your ass whooped by the Sooners as a tune-up game. Anyways, just like take all of our COVID stuff. We've got more than we need uh, for now and just come play a game. You know, you'll get paid. Everybody will get paid and we'll have football. And so there's that, that they are dragging Missouri state to the start line, but you know, Leone is still trying to get that game played a, a week early and so it looks like as if football happens Oklahoma is one of the only schools um, in the country that's really going to be able to keep all of their games intact except maybe with that West Point game at Army um, where no fans of course would be allowed so uh, Jack we talked about this before the podcast you know c- kind of tell me why Oklahoma – why do you think Oklahoma would be moving that Missouri State game back um, with the intention of possibly playing Army even though it, it's Missouri State, Tennessee, and then Army?
0: This is sort of an outside-the-box thing, but think about this. They're moving the – they're wanting to move the Missouri State game up a week. Then you have the Tennessee game, which is scheduled to be, I guess, the second week of the season, which would be two weeks after this new move-up date. If you could theoretically also move up this Tennessee game, this would give you a two-week buffer between Tennessee and Army because there was already supposed to be a bye week before the Army game. So theoretically, with Cuomo's mandate with the state of Oklahoma, people coming from the state of Oklahoma who have to quarantine for two weeks, theoretically – that could be done if they move up both of these games, don't you think?
1: Do you think that they could
0: theoretically play this game?
1: So it's theoretically, yes. Do you think that's a legitimate thing, though? Do you think that that could be? (laughs) I don't think it is. (laughs)
0: See, that's the thing. Like, I was just spitballing. I don't think that's a thing at all, because I think they would probably prefer to just play this West Point game in another season with fans, don't you think? They don't want to throw away this experience for the big money OU donors. Big money OU donors have been like, crazy about going to this West point game. And there are a lot of them that are very mad that they don't get to do that anymore. So OU, I I think is pushing to have this game move to a different season.
1: It's just, I've been trying to rack my rack, my brain. Why is OU trying to move up this Missouri state game? And I thought, Oh, well, you know, not thinking about the, the schedule, the layout. I was like, well, I mean, if they have an extra bye week somewhere, Uh, That might give room to Cuomo's mandate that specifically Oklahomans and a couple other states have to quarantine before coming in um, for two weeks, and that would give Oklahoma that amount of time to play Army at West Point. But I I just – I am at a loss for words of why they would be all just trying to move it up. Steven, any any clue, idea?
2: No, I think you guys said it all. Um, I know that's – that Missouri State game is probably going to be, like, the most highly bought pay-per-view game of all yes. time.
1: Probably. No matter yeah, well it's So maybe
2: the they're just trying to get OU, it before everything have, just uh, goes to hell.
0: See, that, that was 80, my thought. 80,000 extra people who are not going to be in the stands who are going to buy this pay-per-view games. So, right.
1: See, that was my thought, too, see That one goes without saying. Was that, man, like, in Clay's the If thing, we can
2: just get one game.
1: Yeah. If we can get one game and you can get – 40,000, 20,000 homes paying for pay-per-view and everybody not socially distancing at their homes and watching it. uh, That might be a nice shot in the arm for OU, Missouri State Athletics, um, and everybody else involved. So that's that's all I can really come up with, is that just like, oh, get it in as fast as possible because we think this ship is going down. But yeah, I, I have no other clue. But other things that we have for you guys today on the podcast, we do have a name that's sooner. And this one is since 2012 to make it a little bit easier. We have other things involved regarding California high school football, pushing their seasons to spring and, you know, Texas football, you know, they might be doing the same thing. Who knows? These are two of the biggest high school football associations in the United States. We have TCU becoming Trent, the new transfer you so they can get off of Lincoln Riley's back. And then a couple of awards Big 12 preseason records and recognitions. And one other thing from Benny Wiley and Brian Davis. But we'll check you guys after a break for our sponsors. All right, guys. So for this last time, I had all this information in a doc and you guys could read this before we got here. So you had an idea of maybe who it could be uh, but instead of doing that this time, uh, it's just a surprise. You guys have no idea. You have no idea what position it is or whatever. Uh, you're flying into this blindly. Um, so I would assume, so I'm, I'll, I'll read you guys the description. And whoever goes first, man, you you just say the name first. Uh, like it's, it's, it is what it is. Let's see, let's see how it works. But let's go with this first one. This former Oklahoma Sooner is originally from California and was actually initially committed to Arizona State. He ended up going to JUCO uh, and going to OU, where he spent roughly two seasons at OU. He's most known for a 95-yard touchdown run in Jamie Dallas. Williams is damien williams <laughs> the rest of that was he was signed as an undrafted free he was
0: arizona western wasn't he juco
1: yeah i think it was in yuma yeah, yeah. and yeah. I was which is say... no longer
0: a program i believe really i think they disbanded the program which is crazy because that was a super successful juco program
1: the very last so, thing i was gonna say is deal. that he won a super bowl but jack's a mm-hmm. Kansas city fan so you already know That's that.
0: correct should have yeah. been the super bowl mvp I he love Money Mahomes, dropped. but he should have been Super
1: Bowl MVP. Yeah, so he was the only one out of these three that was not drafted. Everybody else here is drafted. All right, let's go to the next one. So we have Jack up 0 This former Oklahoma Sooner was is you know he's from Texas, and was originally committed to Texas A and a defense a defensive player linebacker earned. Two Big Twelve All American honors during his sophomore and junior seasons. As a team captain, he was injured just before the Texas game during his senior season, where Oklahoma won its sugar bowl with Alabama. Corey Nelson. It is Corey Nelson. Yeah. He I'm just was, getting destroyed by this. <laughs> he was selected in the seventh round, I think, by the Broncos, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had a couple cups of coffee. All right, Corey Steve. Nelson was going to dominate in the senior year. He was yeah, he doing was. great. He, was he was like
2: tear a, like a, a
1: pectoral muscle. Yeah, it's yeah, a peck at Notre great Dame. Was it at Notre Dame? Notre Dame? What I recall. When oh, no, tore yeah, his peck at, 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 he tore his peck. I think it TCU. was. It was TCU.
0: TCU, yeah, he he had a great game at Notre Dame though.
1: Yeah, he, but, uh, yeah.
0: He, I, I think he had a touchdown. He had the first touchdown for you in that yeah. game, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, eric striker made the hit on tommy reese yep and i think Corey nelson had the touchdown there
1: yeah, he had the pick in the touchdown and then i think the next pick was frank gallag frank uh, shannon frank shannon correct uh, yeah. that was that was a wonderful day that was a wonderful game that was the first oh, sooners yeah. game i've watched on nbc, in NBC. Yeah. did i, I
2: you yeah, all go
0: to
2: that game Mm-mm.
0: no their tailgating scene at notre dame is pretty legit actually it was cool. South Bend is horrible, but the tailgating scene in Notre Dame is a it was a good.
1: Oh, cool. a bunch of Catholics. I bet their tailgates are amazing. <laughs>
0: Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> Just keeping it real. Steven, you got to get your shit together, man. <laughs> yeah, this is not going well. All right, well. Hey, hey, you can tie it up. This former That's Sooner cool. was an All-American for all of the years he actually played at Oklahoma. His freshman year... He did have 318 yards receiving, so not that much. So he'd be a freshman All-American. But his last season, as a Sooner, he had 958 yards receiving. In high school, Kyle Allen was his quarterback.
0: Mark Andrews.
1: Yes, it's Mark yeah, Andrews. Yeah, it would be. Yep, at Desert. They both des- played in Arizona. Desert Mountain. I was going to say the They played American. on
0: ESPN together, from what I recall. Yep. I think,
1: yeah. I was gonna say the only thing that invariably slows him down is diabetes.
0: Yeah, and even that, that's not slowing him down. Yeah,
1: no, 10, 10 touchdown catches in the NFL wasn't it ten? Yeah,
0: he, he saved. Was, yeah, he was a pro bowler. Yeah,
1: he saved my He's fantasy ass yeah, so many times.
0: Rating on Madden this year, I think.
1: He good, man. Yeah. Baltimore picked up two really good tight ends actually, but all right, he traded one. Though, well, they got like three, so not Mark well. Andrews. Yeah. Well, this this last one, hopefully, Steven gets this one. Who knows? <laughs> this Sooner was thought to have an excellent basketball acumen coming out of high school. One of the first players that the Sooner started to actually pull out of the DMV area made his burst onto the scene in 2013. He was a Big Twelve All-American in his sophomore year, and a National All-American his senior year. He was selected in the fourth round of the NFL Draft. Who is this guy? So, Gene Gino Grissom. Gino Passable. Grissom
0: was from Kansas.
1: It is not Gino Grissom. I'm um, terrible at this. But it is the same. Position. Oh, Charles Tapper. Charles Tapper. Oh, it okay. is. Tapp. That's why I thought
2: Gino Grissom.
1: Yeah, it's Tapper. Yeah, he had a. He was one of the first guys from that Baltimore area, and peop, I remember he, he people kept talking about how good of a basketball player he was. And his 2013 season was excellent. 2014, we just don't speak about. And then 2015 it was pretty good. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, uh, Jack took this one three to one, and Steven <laughs> had a second guess on that on on tap. Remember when Tap caught? Was it? Uh, was it Amari Cooper from behind? Yes, in the Sugar Bowl. Yes,
0: yeah. They ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive anyway, but that was pretty impressive.
1: That's still incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, Amari Cooper.
2: That's a game that not a lot of people talk about because Alabama (laughs) had, like, Amari Cooper. um, Oh,
0: yeah, Derrick Henry.
2: Derrick Henry. If
0: if Alabama keeps giving the ball to Derrick Henry in the second half, OU does not win that game. Yeah. Like, straight up. Like, OU, OU had a decent defense in 2013. Yeah. But they were physically incapable of tackling him in the open
1: field. Who like, was the it, it other was wide receiver? An, it was
0: insane. Oh.
1: Um, I, feel like a, I feel like they had another really good one.
0: They had a really good backfield. They had Henry and Kenyon Drake.
1: And um, Julio Jones had graduated the year before, right?
0: Or not Drake. They had TJ Yeldon. That's who they had. Um,
1: yeah, they had Yeldon.
0: Man. Yeah, they had Yeldon. It's um, incredible. I'm trying to think. Yeah, they had so they. Were, I mean, they were loaded.
2: It was a. It was a, future NFL roster. I mean. Oklahoma had. We had Ha Clinton Dix.
1: Jeez, who did it? Yeah. That's safety. They had Landon Collins. Landon Collins. Yeah. Who did Oklahoma have on that two thousand thirteen team that's worth mentioning? Shepard. Uh, Shep. Oh, Shep. Shep.
0: Um. Some Train- offensive linemen. I mean.
1: Trey Millard got hurt in the middle of the year.
0: Trey didn't play in that game, yeah. People, yeah, people uh, forget. Damian Williams didn't play in that game.
1: He got kicked off the team.
0: Uh, Brennan Clay, who, uh, you know, spray tan all that. But Gosh. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, not a lot, right?
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think of the defense. Uh, you know, Tapper was on that team. Uh, Eric Stryker. Didn't Sanchez. In the NFL. Uh, Sanchez. Um, Aaron Colvin. There you
1: go. That's right. Yeah.
0: Aaron Colvin was
1: good. Would he be the best player on that Gabe team? Uh, Gabe Lynn.
0: Yeah, Gabe Lynn. Um, Gabe Lynn had a pick in that game. Um,
1: yeah. Who's, 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 who's the better player on that team or most important player on that team, Shep or Aaron Colvin? Probably Shep, right?
0: Gordon, I don't know. Uh, in 2013, I'd go Colvin. Yeah. Shep was a sophomore in 2013. He was really good. Yeah. But OU had some other decent targets that year. That, Jalen Saunders Bester. was great that
1: Bester year. was really good. Bester was Bester. pretty good
0: that year. Uh, I mean, Shep was the best receiver on that roster, but yeah. he wasn't as vital as Aaron Colvin.
1: I always keep OU on thinking...
0: had a cover corner that good since then.
1: Yeah. I, I always think about... What Lincoln oh, Riley Arno could Wally, do with Taylor McNamara, like Taylor McNamara came into he OU. He had a reception in that game. And, like, he yeah, he did. He had a reception in yeah, that game, and like he came into OU highly touted from California.
0: Woods had a reception. Yeah, he had like it a double covered.
1: It's just like they, they had talent on that team, and specifically, I like Taylor McNamara, who transferred to USC and had a, had a decent last season, but. I was thinking about what Lincoln what Riley could have done with all those pieces that Josh Heupel just could not fit those round those, those square pegs and around holes. But let's talk about guys from high, uh, from California high school, California, because this, this was brought to my attention, actually by Bryce Foster, uh, but California high school football, pushed the spring. And then Bryce Foster tweeted out, you know, like, Hey, well, am I going to have to choose between track and football? Which is, it, it's a legitimate question. I mean, I've talked to several 6A, 5A, and you know, 2A, 3A coaches in the area, and they all said, you know, m- moving football to spring, in Oklahoma, would be a shit show. And it, because there's too many sports, like Bryce Foster brought up, it, it's a legitimate thing between track and field and and and, and football and whatever else they want to get involved in. It that's a very legitimate thing. And so does this threaten? Let's say Texas also pushes it to spring. National signing day has to be pushed back, right? To, like, April?
2: Yeah, you could still do an early signing. Yeah. Maybe you'd push I, that February one back.
0: Without pay, pushing playing, pushing back signing days would just be really tough because of just preparations in general for these kids. If you pushed it back a few months, I mean, they're supposed to be on campus just a couple months later. It's uh, – I mean, I guess that's still the case with the early signing period, but – it's uh, logistically it would be very tough if you push back national, national signing day I, you would think
1: i really like but i really like what you said steven about keeping the early signing period but maybe moving back to second or the the actual signing period right Leaving the day,
2: a february date to like
1: like a month later after yeah. the season or it's it just if you moved it to march you would
0: have some film on the guys yeah. at least
1: and, and that's the thing is early, like some guys might just want to get it out of the way. They know who they want to commit with. And they might just sign on the dotted line before they even play their season. But other guys, they're just trying to get out and play some football and get, you know, some stars or bump up to a three or four star and get some recognition. So I would think definitely that that second national signing day or the original national signing day would be pushed back. Uh, if that were to happen. And if California is going to do it in Texas, if some stuff doesn't clear up within the next couple weeks in Texas, you know, it's not looking good. Oklahoma, the OSSAA hands offing it. They say, Nope, it's up to individual school for now. Anyways, it's up to individual right. schools to decide whether they want to play or not because of uh, COVID-19. So I think it's an interesting conversation to have. So of course, like I said earlier, we live in three to five day cycles of like how we're supposed to do things, go school uh, jobs, living life with masks or not masks. Uh, so it, it's it's really intriguing how that could affect National Signing Day. But Gary Patterson, I mean, he doesn't need National Signing Day when he's getting JUCO guys in all the time. So just got, enough, got, got from a got a grad Brooks. transfer. Yeah, grad transfers, <laughs> and now gets in uh, Spielman. I believe it's Spielman, right? From was here from Nebraska, and it's he's starting to develop a nice little pipeline over there. And does that su- Because the first thing I thought was Gary Patterson is feeling maybe a little bit of pressure for not having the best seasons the last few seasons after really coming onto the scene and just like making a total killing. Do you think a lot of the grad transfer stuff is that he knows the team is maybe not up to snuff? And that he's trying to accelerate that process so they don't lose six games again. It's like Jack, what do you what do you think? What's your initial?
0: See, I, I I'm not sure about that. I think they were probably going to be pretty okay this year because last year they were dealing with a freshman true freshman quarterback, and he's okay. He's they, good. They were, they were really close to winning a lot of those games too. They, well, they win just, one they, more of those games, they go to a bowl game.
1: Well, they almost beat Oklahoma and, and Norman.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which book you saved you know, them? <laughs> they did yeah. yeah and like uh Coming full uh, circle there yeah and their defense i think was supposed to be pretty good this year regardless
1: mm-hmm. it's usually so, pretty good anyways right
0: yeah it's usually pretty good anyway but i mean their tcu defenses are especially good when they have a ton of upperclassmen on the roster which i think was going to be the case this year so you know i you would think that maybe that's a bit of a motivation. They went, what was it, six and six the year before and then five and seven last year, which yeah. for TCU is uncharacteristic. Never forget, I think forget Gary is probably just being an opportunist. Does Gary Patterson strike you as the type of guy who's not going to keep cool? I mean, I know he sweats a lot and stuff like that, <laughs> but he he's a pretty heady guy. I mean, He's like- not going to force stuff like this if he – you know, you've, got, I, I think, you've got
1: two head cases in Zach Evans and Marcel Brooks, and now you're taking grad yeah, see, transfer that's in from true. Spielman. Yeah, yeah.
0: See, that's the thing. Zach Evans <laughs> for Gary Patterson, that's
1: the little one that's character. That's why I was like, if it was just Spielman, I would have been like, all right, whatever makes sense. You know, they just lost Jalen Rager. I, I get it. But because of head cases where nobody – nobody wanted to touch not even georgia, georgia did want. wanted to touch Everybody zach evans want. you had deon sanders like apologizing for this guy on national television during their all-american games it was really awkward and like so maybe
0: gary wants the challenge who knows gosh i mean this kid i mean what who is he the kid who i guess it was their state championship week and he wouldn't give up his cell phone is this yeah. zach yeah. evans yes. yes that is that's zach
2: evans yes
0: yeah, yeah um yeah it, 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 that is not an isolated incident from what we've all heard so yeah uh i you know i i think they would have been okay regardless they would have been a bowl team regardless but with these transfers i mean they're looking like someone who could probably be in the top half of the big 12 i they're I, like what were they picked They're finished picked finish sixth in the big 12 yeah. i believe And baylor yeah. fifth they're gonna be way better than baylor considering all that the Baylor loss. I think they have a, I think they're probably a pretty good slam dunk to go to a bowl this year. I don't think Gary Patterson's
1: in any trouble. Okay. Steven, what do you think? Even without the,
2: even without their recruiting hasn't really, I mean, it hasn't gone off. No. Um, they're recruiting consistently from the top 30, maybe like getting in the top 25 sometimes. Um, the one thing it does is it does move that needle for TCU as far as, um, just that elite talent that can just maybe take them over the top, maybe get them a big 12 championship. So maybe that's the whole risk and reward there.
1: Maybe. I mean, I'm just trying to think of Gary Patterson and what, what he's done in the past and what he's doing now. And it seems as if he's taking a break from what he's been doing to be so successful. I, Juco ranks in getting grad transfers is is a very West Virginian way to sustain success. That doesn't seem like the way that Gary Patterson has ever operated. So it's just really kind of odd to me. And so I wanted to gauge your opinions on that. I could see it as far as. I could see as far as him feeling a little bit of pressure from their admin. I could see as far as just like, hey, you know, like might as well and taking some risks to get over the hump and stuff like that. I could see a lot of things from that. Just really intriguing. And like you mentioned, Jack, yeah, TCU and in the Big Twelve preseason poll, they were voted sixth and not very far behind Baylor, honestly. So, I mean, you take a massive leap. So, like, let's talk. Let's go through the. Let's go through it. You've got Oklahoma in first place with an overwhelmingly amount of votes and points a from you know they they got 90 okay they've got their you know whatever are the first place votes then second which I thought was really interesting Oklahoma state was 6 but two and third as far as media place votes Oklahoma state and Texas are really really close there's 15 points separating those two Texas has got four first place votes then Iowa State, which I don't think any and, – and there's a gap. So there's a gap between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in Texas. And then there's a gap between Texas and Iowa State. And then you've got Baylor and TCU. And then everybody just else kind of just falls off the cliff between Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and then Kansas last. I don't think anybody's surprised by Kansas being last. What do you – how do I phrase this? Who is going to surprise everybody? And the answer can't be Kansas State. What do you guys
2: think? Uh, West Virginia. I know they just fired their their defensive coordinator, but they have talent there. They had a good season. That's right. They,
1: oh man, I just They're I totally building off building off something on that today. Why did he get? I I I saw that it happened, and I saw it because he said something. I have no idea what happened though.
2: Um, I think he said something about Hispanics. I can't I don't can remember off the top of my head, but also there are some issues with him like pushing his religion on on players and some other stuff.
0: Going way over the line with that kind of thing from right.
2: what I not good
0: like calling players into his office to try to convert them and stuff like that
2: Ooh, <laughs> which is great. what you think patterson would be doing
0: <laughs> not okay <laughs> i mean God. it's straight out of the davos Swinney playbook there but oh uh,
1: man at least they're not saying sick jesus before football games
0: that's true that's true i was there for that that was weird
1: jack who, who do you think on in the big 12 is the most underrated
0: I tell you what, in the second year with Matt Wells at Texas Tech, if they have a healthy Alan Bowman and he doesn't, you know, rupture his lung four times this year, I, I mean, Alan Bowman, Texas Tech was going to make a bowl game last year if Alan Bowman doesn't get hurt. It was going to be the same case the year before. Cliff Kingsbury is probably still at Texas Tech if he doesn't rupture his lung. They probably make a bowl game that year and he probably keeps his job. I mean, he's a really good quarterback. He gave OU everything they wanted in 2018. And then, obviously, Jet Duffy came in in the second half, and we all know about Jet Duffy. He's not good enough for Central Michigan. But, um, I mean, yeah, Texas Tech is someone who I can picture, if Alan Bowman is healthy, their picks finish ninth in the Big 12. I think they could figure out a way to go six and six or something like that and make a bowl game. See, if West Virginia doesn't pan out, if Kansas doesn't pan out, if Kansas State isn't as good as they were a year ago, if Baylor obviously isn't as good as their number five seeding, I think Texas Tech could take advantage of that and move up the
1: pecking order. All right, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say, and you guys are probably going to laugh, and everybody else that listens to this is probably going to be like, whatever. I think Kansas is underrated this year. I don't think they're the worst team in the Big 12. I just I don't think they are. I mean, you saw the strides. Who do you
0: think is worse than Kansas? I don't know. See, I, I don't know. See, I, I their just, defense I, is going to be like an abomination. I really like their offensive coordinator. I think got, they're too, yeah. going places with that guy, but their defense is just going to be abhorrent. Worse just, than it was a year ago.
1: I just look at the strides they were able to make in year one under less miles. And another year into that system with him, with Les not having to read a really awful personal statement regarding Puka Williams. Um, And then, like, the the offense that they're going to have to – they're going to generate. And they start the season – they start the season against New Hampshire, supposedly. They're probably canceling that game. Baylor Bears, Boston College, who they whipped last year, Coastal Carolina. They could start the year – especially if their first game is Baylor, they could start the year three and O and they might even start it. If they replace New Hampshire with another yuppie team, they could start the year four and O and they only need to want, win two more games in the big 12. And they almost beat Texas last year and last two to the three years. I, I just, I feel like Kansas is Kansas is on the up. Uh, they, they had a really decent recruiting class for Kansas last year. They had shit ton of three stars and for Kansas that's saying something that's like Oklahoma state level recruiting <laughs> like and they make it work and so I just I think Kansas is underrated I mean who, are they probably going to finish last in the big 12 maybe but I think they are definitely on the come up under the miles I don't know
0: I agree with that part I just don't think it's happening this year
1: what do you guys think about the most overrated team because this Baylor. is the time to say yeah, I would say Baylor. Yeah, and, and does it have directly to do with Matt Rule, or is it because what else they lost on defense?
0: It's personnel. It, it, it's per- I like Dave Aranda. It's just personnel. They lost, like, what is it, 10 starters on defense? I mean, it was a great defense, too. Yeah, it, it's
1: – yeah. It, well, who was the defensive lineman? Well, they Big white they, guy? They can't
0: replace that much.
1: Lynch? Yeah, Lynch. And because He's he was really supposed good. to come back. And then Rule dipped out, and then he said, "Well, I'm I'm gone too." So I kept on thinking, like that offense is pretty okay. I mean, they weren't they weren't anything exciting last year, but that defense is what kept Baylor in all their games. And so, I mean, I think all of us would be in agreement that Baylor is the most overrated team on this thing. Now, who knows? They could surprise some people. Uh, you know, they they their quarterback uh, could come out and. Just light it on fire because before the podcast, I said, "Man, he is not very special," but who knows, ah, Charlie Brewer. But offensive player of the year, Chuba Hubbard, and I don't think there's any complaints there. What do you? Uh, any complaints there? Nope. Is that warranted? No, it's probably a solid pick. And then defensive player of the year, Darius Stills from West Virginia, and newcomer, of course, Spencer Rattler, and newcomer of the year without playing it down, duh. And do you think Spencer Rattler, just like Jalen Hurts before him and even Kyler Murray, will win newcomer of the year to begin the season and offensive player of the year to end the season? What do you guys think?
0: I think that's probably Most a fairly but Rattler he has better Heisman odds than Shuba <laughs> Hubbard or Sam <laughs> Ellen.
1: That's incredible.
0: <laughs> yeah, he I mean he's what is he fourth right now, I think for uh, Bet Online A G, but um and I'm pretty sure most uh, booking sites and uh, sports books. So, yeah, it, with his physical ability and the fact that he had last year to learn under Lincoln Riley and mature with Jalen Hurts, I, you know, he's going to have some hiccups, obviously. I think he's going to have a few unforced errors because he's very confident in his ability and he's probably going to have a few mistakes. But kind of like what you saw with Baker Mayfield in 2015. But his numbers are probably going to be bananas. He's going – he has four returning offensive linemen in front of him. Yeah. He's got Lincoln Riley, you know, Taylor making this offense for him. And granted, he doesn't really have to tailor-make this offense for him because he fits the style that Lincoln Riley wants to run, unlike Jalen Hurts. So, I mean – would you be at all surprised if he threw for 4,500 yards and had over 50 touchdowns? Not really. Yeah. I, I think it's I, a no. pretty good bet for him to be the Big 12 player of the year this year.
1: I just, I just hope he, I hope he learned, I hope Spencer Rattler learned a lot last year, but does not, did not learn anything directly from Jalen Hurts at
0: all <laughs> well not not as a quarterback but as
1: a human being
0: like it's sort of as no, a way not, to a, not even
1: as a human being not no. even that okay no. gotcha. I, I i don't i don't want to see
0: you'll see pretend Jalen he's never exist. going to go full Jalen Hurts personality wise he just he's needed just... a little bit of that to rub off on him you know what i mean he
2: I still mean, is who he know, is like business is business and exactly yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I think, and I think that that's that's a that's a common theme. You among never go full Jalen Hurts at a
0: press conference, and God, it's just like Rattler will not.
1: It, I watched the OU Houston game home opener this past year, and Oklahoma just had a really good showing. Jalen Hurts had probably the best performance of his career, and more to come the next games. And this man is frowning after the football game, and I think it was Holly Rowe. She's like, "Can't you just smile a little bit?" And he's like, "Huh." <laughs> And I was like, what is no. going on?
0: Yeah, I'm not expecting Rattler to do that. No one's expecting Rattler to do anything like that. I'm just saying he's probably they just
2: didn't want to him to go like full Chris Roberson. I
0: think he's going to be a little Can- more Can- even keeled <laughs> as a result of being with Jalen Hurts because yeah, to cocaine cowboy go in directly, a little bit regardless.
1: It's just like even the, the postgame pressers were like funerals. Nobody wanted to go to yeah. those things. Like I would rather interview my Gundy. Then, well, to- I'd much rather interview Mike Gundy. Gosh, but like, like, uh like so. That's why I hope he learned nothing from Jalen. I I hope he hurt learned everything from Kyler and Bake and nothing from Jalen. About like
2: a weight room ethic.
1: See, there you go. He he has put on a lot of good weight. He he See, is definitely not reminiscent of what he was when he came into the program, like a skinny boy. And now he is he is bulked, and he is adding weight in the right places, which is great for OU, uh, especially for uh, his durability. That was That's one of your main questions coming into the season. But let's flip off to the defensive side of the ball. Oklahoma's got Deshaun White and Ronnie Perkins, and they have a crap ton of other players on awards watch list because if you have a name and you played in Power 5 football and you've made one play in your life, you're on a watch list. Um, but Ronnie Perkins and Deshaun White are on award watch for the defense. And so – my question is: We all, I think we all would assume. Maybe not. Maybe I'm assuming wrongly. But I assume, maybe you guys do, that Ronnie Perkins is your best player on defense coming into this year, right? Most likely. Yeah. Who is OU's second best player on defense?
0: Jalen Redman.
1: Well, wow. I was gonna go
2: Delaron Turner. Yell. See, in mine is not bad. Yeah, he is quietly really good. I was looking at his stats. He had seventy-five tackles last year. Sixty of them are solo. So he's a guy that gets after it.
1: Yeah, And, and mine is Deshaun White. And I think it speaks volumes to say that you know who their best players are, because we all we can pretty much identify who's number one. But it once you get to two and three. You start to say, well, uh, it could be DTY, because I had I thought DTY is really good in his role. Um, I really like Deshaun White and what he's going to be able to do in year two. Trey Brown, um, some people hate him. Um, Brady Trantham, <laughs> uh, as on, which is on the franchise. You guys should listen to him. He's a great guy. I like Jaden Davis if he takes that next step. I I like – I mean, I know Steven is not a fan of Trey Norwood, but I do like Trey Norwood. So, like, there's just, just so I many – I have to see it to believe it. Yeah, and that's fair. There's just so many guys you could put at number two and definitely so many guys you could put at number three. None of us said Buki, by the way. Uh, but it's just <laughs> number one. I Ronnie think Burke
2: Buki can and, still play.
1: Yeah, it's just
2: – I'm man. not writing off Buki
1: yet. And, you know – I want Buki to succeed just because he came in with a huge name and he has a massive following that got other guys on campus. But I just keep on thinking how bad of a shit show it might be if he's the odd man out in the secondary this year. It's going to be weird. Um, Benny Wiley. But Benny Wiley has been posting his Instagram uh, workouts on his story and it was pretty interesting because he'll, he'll tag the players in them and Buki is actually like a workout warrior. So that makes sense how he gets onto the field a lot. But one of the things I did notice, and then it was pointed out later was Theo Howard was in these workouts and Theo Howard was thought to have a, not uh, have an Achilles injury that may hold him out for a while to the middle of the season or to the first third, two, three games and Theo Howard's in there doing drills like everybody else, hopping on one foot over over yeah. some obstacles and taking off, and it, he looks really good. And he looks like a guy that's good to go for week one. And so, apparently, that
0: Achilles injury happened long before he came into OU, which is not what we assumed at the time. So that makes it a lot better.
1: That's yeah. a little word going around. Yeah, and so because Theo Howard looks good to go, I mean, you it it eases your. Anxiety of the wide receivers that Spencer Rattler is going to have available to him for the first game. I mean, now it's not Theo Weiss, Austin Stogner, and Drake Stoops. N- n- now not you that, have not
0: that that would be terrible. I mean, that's a pretty decent collection of talent there, but but the now depth. you've got
1: <laughs> Theo Howard. Charleston Rambo, and a Theo Weiss, and then you've got Obi-Obi-Olo, Drake Stoops, uh, Mims, and, so, and, and, a, and a several other guys you're able to throw out there. So it makes it a lot easier.
0: Eventually, Trajan Bridges, too.
1: Yeah, and maybe maybe Jaden Hazelwood. Apparently. Uh, I mean, St- Steven, you know more about this, but um, how big is it to have Theo Howard in the fold and able to actually go week one for Spencer Rattler in the offense?
2: I think it's huge. I think Theo Howard could be a star. Um, he's a very highly recruited um, wide receiver out of California, went to UCLA, um, had some connections with a few OU players, so I think that's kind of where that relationship started to build. Um, but his ability is like, uh, as a burner, as a guy that can make the tough catches, the 50-50 catches, it's absolutely up there with some of the best in the nation.
1: And Jaden Hazelwood, is his injury – actually less severe than originally thought to be um i think
2: that remains to be seen it seems like it though um you see him working out um at least doing arm stuff you see him moving around he's not on any crutches or anything no braces so uh maybe they dodged a bullet um acl is a little little hard to grade yeah um and with it being in the middle of a pandemic, I'm not sure that they could just absolutely go in there and die, you know, do the diagnostics they need or the surgery they need to get it done. So um, that's still a little bit of an outlier. He looks, you know, like a guy that can come in maybe like week five, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. And if Oklahoma gets Jaden Hazelwood earlier than expected and, and they are able to stay clean and healthy on both sides of the ball through that Texas week, all bets are off because if Oklahoma can win through that Texas week, they could run through the rest of the schedule and could be in that presumably eight-team playoff that will be likely expanded because of everything that's being lost this year for college sports. But Brian Davis, he tweeted this earlier. He said, you know, he continues to hear that Big 12 ADs won a full 12-game schedule. So the Big 12 and the SEC are pushing on. They cared not for Pac-12 and Big 10 bull crap. Um, They say the plus-one model is on the table where they have nine league games and one non-con. So I would imagine, and I would imagine you guys would agree, actually, I mean, <laughs> who knows, uh, they might have to reschedule that Tennessee game because if Joe Castiglione keeps on pushing so hard for Missouri <laughs> State to the start line. Um, but the, the most interesting thing he mentioned was Texas OU could be played a home-and-home home for two years as a worst-case scenario. And so, Jack, what what do you think about The possibility of OU playing a home-and-home in Norman and in Austin.
0: Well, if that home-and-home starts this year, and there are no fans this year, OU is the home team in 2020. That would suck. I I wouldn't want that at all. No, not at all. And then you play in Austin next year. Now, granted, one thing that came to my mind. What if if OU agreed to host it this year with no fans, how many seats does Texas Stadium hold? It's over hundred thousand now, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's expand? like I think yeah. it's like
1: one oh four or something like that.
0: What if, as part of this deal, if OU agrees to play a game with no fans in Norman, what if they agreed with Texas to do something special with ticket allotment? Like to where like it 50-50. was somewhere yes, yeah, somewhere close to fifty fifty. That way, Ooh. there would be 50,000 OU fans down in Austin partying on 6th Street. Does that not sound pretty fun?
1: God, that sounds like so many fights. <laughs> that sounds drunk way <laughs> more fun than partying
0: in Dallas. Austin yeah. beats the dog shit out of Dallas. Austin's, a, a, party good
1: party. Austin's, Austin's a good town. Austin's way
0: cooler than Dallas. There's going to be I, I so would, many and fights. And it's only three hours further. It's only a five-hour yeah. drive to Austin. I, if, if you could do that, if you could get Texas to agree to that, I'm kind of down. I'm not going
1: to lie. One of my buddies went to a Texas game down in Austin, of course, and he was wearing an OU shirt just because he's a pansy. I can't remember what game it was. It might have been one of the BYU games or Maryland games that they lost. I can't remember. Um, he said that he saw um, some Texas fans beating the living shit out of some other opposing fan in one of the guys – peed on him after he was done so uh that sounds like a that's the red river shootout in austin sounds like a good good old time (laughs) (laughs)
0: we can handle
1: it steven what what, what do you what do you think about a home and home with texas i mean like it's intriguing because i've always wanted to go to stadium yeah i
2: think jack's idea is cool i don't know if they would do it i would yeah I'd i would definitely be okay with it if you know if they had fans in the stands of both both places but mm-hmm. um i think that's more of just a contingency if anything uh they have to like have like five plans in place if one of them falls through so yeah i think it's most likely still going to be a neutral
1: site game and i think i think that's i think that's what's going to happen anyways but you know of course this is a worst game worst case scenario but we'll see in due time. But, uh, guys, I think it, that wraps us up. Do you guys have anything else to add?
2: Um, the California high school football moving to the spring, um, if other states start to follow that, that does have implications for one five-star uh, defensive end and what he might do with this high school
1: season. I think that about wraps us up. So go ahead and follow us on crimsonandcreammachine.com. Um, you guys can find a ton of stories there. Um, so daily daily stuff, uh, weekly stuff, a ton of things from all of our great writers. Um, it's it's wonderful. I mean, like Seth, Jack, uh, Alan, a lot of just fantastic stuff. Um, you can follow Jack on Twitter at JLarryShields or... More, what he's more notably on is at CC Machine. You can follow me at Camarobi and CCM and Steven at OUUpdatedSB. Again, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and Google Play. Give us a five-star review. We really appreciate you guys for listening to us, and we'll check you guys later.